0: Active Mink baseball card podcast where we each bring a baseball card from our collection, give each other hints, and do a deep dive on the player's career. I'm Robbie Greenspan, joined as always by Chris Barranco. Chris, buddy, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I um, came across this article last week and I emailed it to myself so I wouldn't forget to share it on this podcast, um, but a uh, 1952 Mickey Mantle card just sold for $5.2 million and uh, it was... What, did you buy it? no um i sold it no i'm kidding Um, okay it was bought for nickel in 1952 and now sold for five million dollars so is that the best um swing on an item that you can have
0: yeah like a return on investment it has to be that's i can't do math that's a large percentage more uh that's unreal
1: yeah and uh it made me think of our cards and i think the total worth of all like twenty four cards we've brought so far is like what five dollars twenty five cents.
0: I mean, I think we got to be in the
1: twenties.
0: It feels like it has to be like war. Like each one has to be worth one dollar. Like every year a dollar. Else it's. I mean, I guess like Ty Wiggington is probably not going for a dollar. That's what I'm That's... saying. Like, <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Especially because we've we've probably done what. One Hall of Famer, right? You brought when you brought a uh, Willie Stargell.
1: Yeah, have wow. That's a great question. I would love to get some data on the cards we've done and like how many are Hall of Famers and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe just one. I don't know. Yeah,
0: so we're probably not getting a lot of money for him. I just. Yeah. I mean, unless, it like if Raúl Banyas becomes like a, Hall of Fame manager, then that card is worth a lot. Until then, we're in some trouble.
1: That's true, yeah. Um, So yeah, I just thought that was so relevant, so I wanted to share that. that That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, do you want to go first today, or do you want me to?
1: You can go first, since I just uh, presented that little fun fact.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. So I have a 1987 Brewer, which I know is before our time, but they played 19 years from 1987 to
1: 2005. Wow. Um, So... No, you can keep going. Okay, I thought you were
0: going to get it. That's me so impressed. Um, They played for the Brewers, the Orioles, the Braves.
1: Hmm. I was going to say, and this is probably a bad guess, but, like, this... Okay, this is going to sound really bad to Brewers fans. Like, when did did Tony Gwynn play?
0: (laughs) Well, Tony Gwynn... I think he played exclusively for the Padres.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds really bad for Brewers fans. It's,
0: it's not bad for Brewers fans. It's confusing for Brewers fans <laughs> for you to bring them in like
1: that. <laughs> okay, yeah, I obviously know nothing yeah. about Tony Gwynn. Um,
0: okay, so I'm definitely going to have to do him. I actually almost picked him today, but I was like, ah, everyone knows him. Okay, so I'm going to, in the future, I'm picking him. <laughs> because, okay, that's. I'm pretty sure his nickname was Mr. Padre, so <laughs> we really...
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess,
0: uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so not Tony not Gwynn, move on from that. Uh, positions. So, he, I guess I'll just... So, catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, left field, center field, right field, deep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was that every
0: position? <laughs> every position except pitcher, but his main positions... He was he started as a catcher and then it was like outfield and first base and dh and third base
1: oh man uh, I'm having a tough time uh
0: it's I'll also say this is not an easy one this is one he played a number of years with the Orioles so I remember him fondly, but it's not one that you you, you very well might not know him
1: oh man I should get that though I mean I know the Orioles well enough um. Do you have any other hints? I, I, I feel like I, I want I want to get this. I don't want to hear it yet, but
0: do you have um, any hints? Okay, so probably the biggest hint is his initials are the same as my next-door neighbor growing up.
1: Uh, I feel like I have an idea of this person. Um, you also, you might not have ever met my next-door neighbor. Okay, I'm just thinking of people I know from your community that you've talked mm, about. This
0: person was 10 years older than me.
1: Okay, so I don't know this
0: <laughs> No, you don't know them, but they did the same initials, so it's pretty cool.
1: Okay.
0: Um, he's Orioles Hall of Famer. Um, uh, he went to UNC Chapel Hill.
1: Orioles Hall of Famer? I should definitely know him. Ah, um, I got nothing, man. I got some
0: other stuff, Oh, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure it'll help. Oh, I who, know who, who it is.
1: Javi Lopez.
0: Oh no! If only. Ah, oh, because he played only. for the Braves, right? He, he did. Yeah. That is fair. Oh no, God! I love Poppy Lopez. He was so handsome. Yeah. Um, do you want me to tell you? I don't. I'm not sure. Like what like yeah. clues I have. B.J. Surhoff. Oh,
1: B.J. Surhoff. I I think of him when I think of those Orioles. I just had to okay. yeah, I, guess I, just I know nothing about e- it. Yeah,
0: that's fair. I could have given you the years that he played them. I like, for the Orioles, it might have helped. Um, but yeah. So, I picked him. As I said. Love I mean, huge Orioles fans, so growing up, he was, like, right in the era I started to pay attention to yeah. baseball and the Orioles. Um, so what what do you remember about him? Or what do you think of him at all?
1: Well, I think of Jay Gibbons. <laughs> I think I, for some Honestly, reason... Honestly, fair. For some reason, I think of them basically as the same. Okay, and, yeah, when I was picturing B.J. Saroff, because I just looked him up, I was picturing Jay Gibbons. Um, but, yeah, the name is so familiar, um, so I don't think of really anything else.
0: Okay, Um so... One-time All-Star, received MVP votes one time, but career WAR of thirty-four point five, so about a two, you know, WAR player a year. Uh, two thousand three hundred twenty-six hits, hundred eighty-eight home runs, two eighty-eight batting average, OPS plus of ninety-eight. So, a decent hitter, a decent player for nineteen years. Someone who was good to have in your lineup. You weren't going anywhere because of him, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll just go into some the basic stats before I get into like what I find the most interesting about him. So he batted over three hundred three three times, but over 280 12 times, which I think is a pretty good indicator. Like, he was a good hitter, but he was not super impressive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Only had more than 100 RBIs once. OPS plus, above one hundred ten 10 times, never above 120. Again, he was always going to be a little bit above a league average hitter. Um, so... He, as I said, he bounced around a lot of different positions. And unlike some of the other players that we've had, it wasn't because he you know, couldn't find a position. He wasn't a good defensive player. He was very good. Or I guess I should say he was very athletic. He could play anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, like, one of my favorite little things about him was, so he was a star catcher for UNC Chapel Hill in college. He also led the league in, or led the team in stolen bases at 32. Wow. So, like, you don't get a lot of catchers who have that speed. Um, and. Yeah, he played. He was, without going too much into the background, was just was a star basketball player, a good football player, great baseball player. When he was at UNC, Dean Smith, the historic uh, like the famous basketball coach, like looking into having him play. Um, just a super super good athlete, and in the MLB was, as I said, a good player for a number of years.
1: That's cool. Yeah, um, I'm looking at his stats and nothing. Yeah, nothing really is blowing me away. But he was just yes. consistent, and uh, it seemed like he was good enough to put in your lineup, and you pretty much knew where you were getting.
0: Yeah, his so his one All Star year was 1999. That's when he received the MVP votes. Not many. I think he finished 18th in MVP. Led the league in games and at bats. Batted 308 with 107 RBIs, 207 hits, which was second in the league a 492 slugging percentage, 839 uh, OPS, and a 116 OPS+, plus, which is good for a 4.6 war, which is a good season. If he did that all the time, it's a different story. But I think, again, like, that's a, yeah, he made the All-Star game once. He probably could have made it a couple other times. Not, like, because his numbers were great, but the Orioles had some terrible years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you need a, a representative. So it was interesting for me. I did not remember. I wouldn't have said, I mean... Thirty-four point five is probably right about where I would have had him. Maybe a little bit lower, just in my head. He was a more of a fun player than a good player, but that's a fine. That's a, like that's a decent career.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I don't. I don't think obviously we're gonna have much of a Hall of Fame discussion. No, no but, there's no Hall of Fame case. Yeah, but um, but like you said, like it's a good career. Like I mean, um, and uh, just his longevity—nineteen years in the league. Uh, we're almost hitting that Raul banyas coast in territory, you know?
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so um, his D-War was 6.9 for his career. So again, not like a phenomenal defender, but a good defender. And also, again, I don't fully understand D-War, <laughs> but I would imagine the different positions, that meant that he was pretty good at all of them, right? Because the positional adjustment, all those things. So I'm just going to say, he was a pretty good defender.
1: Yeah, if if you're playing anywhere in the field, um, you're obviously athletic. Um, they wouldn't put a bad defender at every position. So. Yeah. Right. That's right? what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so those are those are the major just like stats that I have for him.
1: Cool. Yeah. Well. Good to know. Uh, I'm interested to hear maybe some stories later if you got any. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, All right
0: so, let me let me hear it.
1: Yeah, so this is a 2004 uh, Astros card. It's an MLB showdown card. So, yeah, I can show you the back. It's like one of those weird card games that I never understood. Oh,
0: well, I used to play that sometimes. This was, the yeah. I would the make up my own
1: rules. But yeah, yeah,
0: no, for sure. Before I played Dungeons & Dragons, I played the, I was gonna say less nerdy, but it might be just as nerdy MLB. 20-sided dice-rolling game with my brothers.
1: Yeah, I think that's what this was, but again, I just made up my own rules because I didn't understand.
0: Um, And you didn't have friends
1: to play with, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's (laughs) it's one of those cards. uh, 2004 Astros, outfielder and first baseman, and he played from 99 to 2013.
0: Okay. 2013? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm gonna, no, it's not, it's not enough years to be Jeff Bagwell, um, it's not the positions of Craig Biggio, so we're really going through the early 2000 Astros that I know, this is not a, a team that I paid a lot of attention to.
1: Well, you, you definitely know this player, his nickname was, he had two. Wait, did
0: you, it was, was he only on the Astros?
1: Uh no. So uh Astros, Yankees, Cardinals and Rangers. Remembered as an Astro though.
0: Um did he hit a big home run in the postseason?
1: Uh I don't think I mean maybe. I'm sure he did. I okay. think he was mm. he played in the postseason multiple times, but he um he did have a big postseason hit that I'm going to get into later.
0: Okay. Nothing's coming to mind right now.
1: Well, uh, I think you'll be kicking yourself, because uh, you named... Okay, wait, wait, give me give, give me another minute. Yeah. Give me another minute. Well, I was just going to do the nicknames, because they won't give it away, but they're funny. Okay, um, okay. Big Puma and Fat Elvis.
0: Okay, great nicknames. Um, huh.
1: And a, uh, a fan club calling themselves the Little Pumas emerged during his tenure with the Astros. They could be seen wearing Puma costumes and foam Puma paws at most Astros games. It's incredible. Um, Carlos Lee? No, you're getting farther off. Uh, I could give you the big kicker over him, but I'll give you another chance. Oh, he's a six-time All-Star and 2011 World Series champion.
0: Michael Young?
1: No, just I think he just played for the Rangers. Um, I can give you the big hint, but I'll. I'll... Yeah,
0: I'm disappointed right now.
1: Do you want to hear it?
0: Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't think of okay, it.
1: Okay, so he was, um, uh, we ref- he was a member of what was referred to as the Astros Killer Bees lineup. I guess this is their version. Biggio,
0: of... okay, so Biggio, Bagwell, and it's a fuck. Beltran.
1: No, come on! You're so close. <laughs> bagwell and (laughs) it's funny like i guess this is the astros version of murderers row like the killer yeah yeah um i'm
0: gonna be so mad at myself i don't know
1: oh man i just should i give you initials i guess i'm so frustrated lb
0: uh, Lance Berkman.
1: Lance Berkman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a bummer. That's a good card though. That's a good card. I'm excited to learn more about him.
1: Yeah, I was uh really shocked by what I learned. Um so what do you <laughs> what do you think about Lance Berkman? <laughs> so I I guess I have two thoughts.
0: One of them, my first one is like he was a power hitting first baseman who you know had a couple good years and then I remember that I think he has a Hall of Fame case. Yes. I think that he actually has, like, a decent one. And I guess he's on the ballot now? Yeah, that or he was? I don't know, because I remember reading that, like, oh, he actually should get more attention than he is.
1: um, Yeah, that's pretty relevant um, to what I was going to say. And I think that you, like, he was on the ballot in 2019, so very recently you probably, like, read about this. Okay, Um, yeah. He didn't get enough votes to stay on, but um, what I'm about to say is uh, we're we're big Hall guys, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe we don't understand the Hall of Fame.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I like people, and people are ha- I like when people are happy. They're happy when they're in the Hall of Fame. I don't understand the issue here.
1: Yeah, um, I because I think he does have a case, and we'll get into that. Not like a crazy case, but at least more consideration yeah. than he got. Um, Because his stats actually... So you seem to have a pretty good understanding of it before we've gotten into it. I actually was pretty shocked by his statistics, so I'll go into it. Um,
0: Yeah, I would say, like, again, this is the article that I'd recently read. Before that, I would have said he had three good years where he was power hitting first baseman. Like, I would not have been... I would have been shocked to hear this, but I remember the article. That's why it stuck with me. Because I was like, wow, really?
1: Yeah, that's... I I would have leaned more to, like, oh, yeah, he was good for a little bit. But, yeah, he had a 52.0 war in 15 years... 366 wow. home runs, 293 batting average, 943 career OPS, and a 144 career OPS plus. Those are good numbers. Yeah, it's that's really solid. He was sixth in Rookie of the Year in 2000. Uh, the next two years of his career, he was fifth and third in MVP voting. So he just came onto the scene.
0: Wild. Those are no more numbers.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, he finished top 10 in MVP voting four other times. So six times in the top 10 in MVP in 15 years. That's really good. um In 2001, his second full year in the league, he led the majors in doubles with 55, but he also hit 34 home runs that year. And then in 2008, he led the league with 46 doubles and he hit 29 home runs that year. So I was just thinking, if he could have just lifted like those doubles a little higher, he could have been like a forty home run guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's really impressive.
1: Yeah, um, and he was a forty home run guy for some season. We'll get into that, I think. But uh, in two thousand one, he had a career high one point zero five one OPS. Uh, he had he had over one OPS in two thousand four and two thousand six as well. So three years there. Those are
0: like so. These are the numbers that I mean. You know, knowing logically that he has a Hall of Fame case, like he has to have. But I don't remember these years. That is that is such an impressive, such an impressive run.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, I do remember him being good when I was younger. But I never understood that he he was really good. Like this guy playing today, we'd definitely be talking about him as like one of the scariest bats in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in 2002, uh, he led the league in RBIs with 128. Um, so I just like to talk about when they lead the league, obviously as do you. But yeah. Um, yeah, and what what really blew me away was his uh, age 35, seventh in MVP season with the Cardinals in 2011, the World Series championship team. Uh, he, he won NL Comeback Player of the Year because the year before 2010 was a stint with the Yankees. Um, so I actually remember this pretty well. This was like the Yankees era of signing totally washed up veterans like Euclid, yeah. Ichiro Andrew Jones, Lance Berkman, um, trying to just catch some magic in a bottle or, or lightning in a bottle with them. And Berkman was really bad with the Yankees from what I remember. Uh, and he had yeah. a 707 OPS. It was only 37 games He only had one home run, but his 85 games in Houston that year, he had an 808 OPS, so better than 707, but still nothing great. Um, Yeah. But yeah, but then the next year in 2011, so I thought his career was pretty much done after that, but no. In 2011, St. Louis, he had 31 homers, 94 RBIs, and a 959 OPS. Uh, He was also productive in the postseason with a 300 CS batting average and a 423 World Series batting average in seven games with a home run and five RBIs. And this might be what you remember. Um, his signature moment was game six of that world series. Uh, he had a game time single in the bottom of the 10th inning with the Cardinals, just one strike away from elimination. They went on to win in the 11th inning with a walk off Homer from David Freeze, and then they won the world okay. series. The David next. Fries are
0: definitely remember. Yeah. Um, okay. That's not the hit that I remember, but that's very cool.
1: Yeah, so, uh, sorry, I just, like, kind of blew through that, but I just had to get all that out. That's just really surprising stuff.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, yeah, a significantly better player than I thought. And I, so he was only on the ballot for one year?
1: Yeah, um, so I'll just knock that out now since we're on it. So uh, he will receive 1.2% of the vote in 2019, um, which I think is definitely, um, definitely underrated in that regard. Uh, he's 18th in Jaws left fielders. He is underneath the Hall of Fame threshold for left field, but he also played like first base and stuff. Um, 52.0 career WAR. The average left fielder Hall of Fame is 65.6. So that's a pretty big gap. Uh, 39.27 peak WAR. The average Hall of Famer left field is 41.7. So he's right there. Um, yeah, and then he had a 45.6 jaws compared to the average Hall of Famer left field, 53.6. So he's still close. Um, he kind of follows okay. a lot of the players we've talked about. He's like right there and deserves more consideration.
0: Yeah. Dang. Um, I just I looked it up while you were talking. The game that I was thinking of was the 2005 NLDS braves Astros that went uh, 18 innings. And that he did play in. Okay. Um, but I don't, let's see, did he do anything impressive? He was two for five with four RBIs. So actually had a good game.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, um,
0: but, okay, so yeah, I mean, he has, I I don't know, it's so interesting in this era of more advanced statistics that, like, which ones catch on and which ones don't. Because it's not like war is the end-all, be-all. Like, we shouldn't just be basing Hall of Fame cases based on war. Yeah. I totally get that. But that War Seven is right there,
1: mm-hmm. and it's
0: not like a Nomar thing where I understand. You know, he had his War Seven is right there, but he had only eight good years. Like Lance Berkman had good years; he yeah. had seven very good years and then a couple other good years.
1: Yeah, and uh, I, well, I almost wonder if, like, if this sounds weird, but only playing fifteen years hurt. Like, if he could have just had like I was five more the same years. Thing. Four or five more years, and
0: that's that's the interesting. If he hangs around for, you know, four or five more years and bats, you know, two hundred and fifty and gets eighty hits each year, hundred hits, like it's not a good year. But then he he is padding his stats. Yeah. Like, how many home runs did he end up with?
1: Uh, Three sixty
0: six. So
1: yeah. So I mean, if he
0: gets like hits, gets a couple more years where he hits, you know, fifteen more home runs. He plays four more yeah. years, gets four hundred home runs. That's I mean, that's another little
1: exactly. round number that we love. Exactly. And uh, just to knock out his player comp, since I probably won't get back into that later, um, it was Ryan Braun, which sounds about right, Jim Edmonds, yeah. Dick Allen, okay. Brian Giles, Moises Alou, uh, who we talked about. But guess who's 10th on the list? Sean Green. Sean Green. Let's go! <laughs> it has to be! It has to be Sean Green. He's like, and every page we see, it's Sean Green.
0: I I love that. Um with Lance Berkman any steroid allegations?
1: Not that I read. No. Uh let me Google that. That could be an easy Google. Um yeah, kind of surprising, but I didn't see any like when I was reading about him. Cool. Um,
0: He's just right in that era of a power hitter where I'm like, ah, should we should we be worried?
1: Yeah, there's Okay, so when I do a quick quick Google, there is a alleged 2003 steroid list that pops up when I Google his name, but it doesn't sound that, like credible at all. It's not like one of those big ones.
0: It's not the Metro Report or anything?
1: No, so I don't think he, okay. no, I don't think he, right. yeah. Good for him.
0: Uh, yeah, just look at his stats. I mean, career batting average of 293 and 366 home runs. Like, he was not a 3 true outcome guy like we see today. Yeah. It wasn't just like a home run or nothing. Like, he was getting on base. Yeah, He actually, it reminds me of Matt Holiday. Except like with more power, but I remember that you know, I thought that Matt Halliday was just a power hitter, turns out he was contact. Like I thought Lance Berkman was just a power hitter. Like, no, he's he had good contact years as well.
1: Yeah, that's a great takeaway. I think that's totally true. And uh, he's definitely just someone who I would just love to like have in the lineup. Like he's Yeah. Hundred
0: percent. Hundred
1: percent. Cool. So that's enough for Lance for now. I do have some, of course, stories, but uh, let me hear some more about BJ Sirhoff.
0: Yeah, so with B.J. Saharoff, uh I talked about most of stats. Like, as you said, looking through it, there's something that really jumps out, but great athlete, 1985, ACC male athlete of the year, so that's for all sports. Played on the very first U.S. Olympic baseball team in 84. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Um, his dad played in the NBA for two years. His brother played in the MLB as well. Um, so very athletic family. Um, and I guess a couple things. One, the player that kind of jumps out to me in different ways, but there's some similarities to Joe Maurer, especially when Joe Maurer was young. I was reading different articles from like 2009 where Twins fans were like, oh, if we could move Joe Maurer from catcher to first base, yes, we lose his defensive skills, but maybe his offensive numbers would soar. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happened with BJ Serhoff. He was a good defensive catcher, but his no- offense wasn't great. They moved him to different spots, and it really did help him. Mean, we all know that the toll that the that catching puts on the body um, so there were some interesting things there. Uh, he, it's interesting. So he was. Well, I'll just read. Like it says, he famously shunned the limelight. A Sun report, Baltimore Sun reporter once called his expression dour, and the paper later asked in retrospective, "In eight years with the Orioles, did B.J. Serhoff ever crack a smile?" So he was not known as like this happy-go-lucky guy, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then it says this was the same guy who, when he was traded to the Braves in the two thousand fire sale teared up at the press conference, dabbed his eyes, and quipped, "You probably didn't think I had this in me. So he was very much like, I don't really need to interact with the media. Like From what I could tell, nobody thought that he was a jerk or anything, Mm -hmm. just didn't really care about the media. Um, Also, when I read the thing, like, he teared up at the press conference, dabbed his eyes, and quipped, I read it as he teared up at the press conference, dabbed, and quipped, you probably didn't think I had this in me. And I was like, who is this guy? (laughs) He was dabbing in 2000? (laughs) Yeah, nobody thought you had that in you, BJ, but that makes more sense. Um, And so, to me, the most interesting thing about him is he was a first overall pick
1: oh, in wow. the,
0: uh, I think, 85 draft. Yeah. So now my question to you, two-parter, how many first overall picks do you think are in the Hall of Fame? Oof. And then how do you think he stacks up to other number one overall picks?
1: Oh, man, that's such a good... Uh, so, qu- when was the... Uh... I guess, has the draft always been around? I'm...
0: So, great question. No, it started in like the 60s, I think.
1: Okay. Um, um, so how many first ballot or first overall picks are in the Hall of Fame? I'm going to say less than 10. Just going to randomly say five.
0: It's a good I mean, there's no way to really know. Only one.
1: Wow. Who is it?
0: Can you take a guess? Ooh,
1: okay. Well, let me... It's. Well, I was going to get to the other one. What was that again? Oh, how does BJ Surhoff rank? I'm going to say he's in top five now, now that I know that there's only one in the Hall of Fame. Um, you're, you're not
0: far off with that.
1: I'm going to say BJ is five, and I'm going to say the first, ballot, or the first overall pick who's in the Hall of Fame is, I'm stalling because I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, I want to get a good guess. I know like Jeter wasn't a first overall pick because he was the Yankees. I can't imagine the Yankees having the first pick. I can't. I do not know much about other players. It's.
0: Um, I will tell you this. It's a player that we watched who was recently inducted.
1: Oh shit! Oh, now that, now that just made even more intense. Um. Oh, I really want to get it. Can I have a hint?
0: Uh, I would say I think before Mariano Rivera this player had the highest uh, induction, like, vote total. Oh, Griffey. Yep, thank Griffey. Gotcha,
1: that makes sense. That's cool.
0: Yep. So then, so yeah, uh, BJ Serhoff is, uh, I believe, eighth um, among the first overall picks. Ahead of him, Alex Rodriguez, who, Hall of Fame case, you know, we'll see that one. I
1: was thinking him, but I knew, obviously, yeah, he's not in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah. so it's A-Rod, Griffey, Chipper Jones, Joe Maurer, which I talked about earlier, Daryl Strawberry, Adrian Gonzalez, David Price, Harold Baines. Okay. Um, so those are the people ahead of him. I might put him at nine. I'll the count. i have to do that again. I'm not good at math here. Um, and so I will ask you, of the current first overall picks who are still playing, mm-hmm. can you name them or anything like that? How many can you name?
1: Bansby Swanson. Yes. Um, Oh, this is fun, but it's just so hard. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it's funny because each one of those names you said, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But like, how was I supposed to know they were first overall, you know? But um, so I got one. I'm proud of that. Um, Can you name teams that they're on?
0: Yeah, first of all, the Dansby-Swanson one is one that I would not have guessed you would. That's, that's to me, the least obvious. I
1: just heard it a lot, like, last season yeah. for some reason.
0: Um, okay, so we have one on the Yankees. We have... Do you want, wait, do you want the team they're on now, or the team that drafted them?
1: Um. I want uh, the team they're on now, yeah.
0: Okay, so, so then...
1: Yankees, Garrett Cole? Garrett Cole. Okay.
0: Yep, by the Pirates. Then we have... Nationals.
1: Trey Turner, no, um, Steven Strasburg.
0: Yep, gotcha. We have the Phillies. Harper. Yeah. Gotcha. We have the Astros.
1: Crab. Uh, yep. Oh
0: wow. Okay. And then we have, I think, the Angels. This one, I. Okay, you so might so be able to. It's get it. not
1: Trout from your It's not like Trout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what team does Trout
0: play for? I kind <laughs> forgot. Um. No, I think this player is on the Angels, but it's this is, the I think, the oldest active first overall pick. It's like, not still he, horse, is it? No.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. Who is
0: it? Justin Upton.
1: Okay, yeah. No, I, I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> An interesting Justin Upton thing is he and BJ Serhoff were tied in war, and then Justin Upton had a negative .4 war last season, <laughs> so he dropped below BJ Serhoff.
1: Were you monitoring that at the start of last season, or did you just find <laughs> no, no, no. that out?
0: <laughs> I just, I went back, and I was, I was trying to figure out all this. I, when he was the first overall pick, like, BJ Serhoff, and I, like, saw that. I was like, man, like, what a disappointing career for a number one overall pick. But, no, he was a good number one overall pick. There were three that never made it to the MLB, which is pretty interesting. Mm. Um, and I guess that are, yeah, not in baseball anymore. We mm-hmm. obviously have Ali Rushman and others who are still in the minors, and other people have bounced around. But... To me, that shows one what we know that MLB draft is such a crapshoot. You don't really know what you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, it does. I, I would love to look into it more as to what pick, like if the number two pick actually you know has more. Like, I mean, what pick has the most Hall of Famers? That would be something I think would be fascinating.
1: That's uh, really cool. Yeah.
0: Or like, what pick has produced the most total war? Yeah. that's all interesting. But I mean, number one has to be up there when you have A. Rod, Griffey, Chipper Jones, Joe Mauer. Like, that's all. Yeah. So the fact that I mean, Chipper Jones will be a Hall of Famer. When
1: did he retire? Bef- Wait, or, he's got to be a Hall of Famer. Is he already? Yeah. I
0: might have just missed that. That's on me. That's on me. I missed that. Yeah. Um. Okay, we have two. You're right. And then... All right, the article I read just like years, because Maurer's not in yet. Is he?
1: No, but he should... Like, is Joe Maurer a Hall of Fame case? Because I would have guessed yes, but I don't know so if So I looked does. into that.
0: Okay. Let me... God, now we're on a whole tangent. Um... Mm, Joe Maurer was fascinating to me. He's not. Let's see. When would he have been eligible? So, okay, no, no. He, he just retired in 2018, so he's not eligible yet. Whoa. Um, Joe
1: Maurer played till 2018? <laughs> <laughs> what? That's wild. Yeah.
0: Yes. We're, one of us has to bring Joe Maurer sometime. But <laughs> his credentials, three-time batting title as a catcher, five-time silver slugger, three-time gold <laughs> glove, six-time all-star, MVP, and then a career war of 55, so he's, I think, to me, he's in, yeah. but it's, yeah. But um,
1: I don't know, like, I, I don't know if he will be. Yeah. He
0: should be. Um, be. I think so. Uh, yeah, so that's number one overall pick. Again, to me, that was the most interesting part of BJ Serhoff was the fact that he was a 1-1, as they say. If you're really cool, you get to say just like 1-1. I remember A-Rod, that's what he would, in different interviews, he'd be like, you know, it's an honor to be 1-1.
1: Pretty cool. Oh, wait. That that reminds me of how Bregman is a second overall pick, which is why he wears number two, which wow. is just hilarious because, like, okay, like, I understand that's cool to have that chip on your shoulder, but dude, you were the second overall. Pick. <laughs>
0: yeah. Do you feel slighted that one person was <laughs> picked
1: before you? Like, all right, man, calm down. It's not like it was the second round or anything.
0: Yeah. That's funny. um Yeah. So I think that's the major BJ Serhoff stuff. So now I'll just say. Career WAR thirty four point four is about thirty below the average Hall of Famer. Like I'm not going to really make the case. His peak WAR was is about seventeen below, or say so yeah, a seven year peak WAR is about seventeen below. Jaws is like twenty five below. Sixty mm-hmm. fifth all time left fielder, so not a Hall of Fame case, but to me a very interesting player. Similarity score is Buddy Bell, who I didn't know, and then number two, Nick Marcakis, another Oriole that I just loved. Yeah. Uh, number five was Michael Young, who I remember.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. And number eight was Alan Trammell, who a Hall of Famer. I don't know much about him, but I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, so that's that's the major stuff. And then I will uh, introduce a, a very small new segment called Thoughts from My Dad. Yes. And that is when I texted my dad to say, what do you remember about B.J. Serhoff? He said, very good ball player, good hitter and athlete. Started as a catcher, I think, for the Brewers. Had special needs son, so was very happy to play in Baltimore near Johns Hopkins. Was also a very nice guy, well-liked by teammates. So, thought that was interesting. Uh, That's very. Great.
1: That's great. Very, like, it,
0: it is. Yeah. And one, it went against the, like, oh, he's very dour. Again, I don't know if my dad's correct, but I trust him. He's loved baseball <laughs> for a number of years. So, the fact that he was a nice guy, and again, I didn't find anything that teammates didn't like BJ Serho. Just the media didn't really like him because he didn't really interact too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that he had a special needs son, but that was cool. Um, That's a... And, yeah, he's, I know now, like, looking up, he's very big in the different charities and organizations involving those just special needs or anything like that.
1: Well, I was going to say, that's such a neat, like, reason why he was drawn to Baltimore. And, uh, of of course, like, you know, I'm not saying neat as in, like, yeah, yeah. it's neat his summit. It's just neat that, like, yeah. Baltimore has that and that that was something that he valued when coming out of school. Yeah,
0: it makes me wonder, like, the different recruiting pitches that you make to free agents. Like, that's such a specific one that if you know your player, if you do your homework, like, that is, I bet if you're B.J. Serhoff and they're like, hey, here are all the reasons we want you as a baseball player. Now, here's why it's going to be good for your family. Like, we're right next to Hopkins. I bet that you'd be like, wow, they actually care. They took the time. Yeah. Like, that would be cool. Yeah,
1: that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, um, so that's that's my major B.J. Serhoff stuff, so uh, let me hear any stories about Lance Berkman.
1: Yeah, so um so Lance Berkman was pretty active in charity work. Uh Forbes recognized him in 2012 as one of their on their list of 30 most generous celebrities. Um so not even athletes like 30 most generous celebrities is really good.
0: Yeah, wait, wait, what year was that?
1: 2012. Um, okay.
0: He... I thought that you said 2020 and I was be like <laughs> interesting use of the word celebrity for Lance Berkman in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. thinking that too. 2012, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's very cool.
1: Yeah, he uh, he led a group called Berkman's bunch uh for like uh 50 underprivileged kids each saturday home game he would give them autographs and gifts so i'm guessing he rotated the kids and wasn't (laughs) the same kids every week they're like sir we don't want your autograph anymore (laughs) yeah um in 2013 he purchased a fire truck and donated to the city of west texas after um like a fertilizer company explosion um so that was neat wait
0: where did he get the fire truck (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah how do you purchase a fire truck that's you just group.
0: you just bought one wait yeah because then he's you taking just... one
1: away from a community <laughs> that needs a fire truck did he
0: okay I mean, he might be a grifter this might not be good he might be stealing fire trucks from communities and just selling it for profit
1: i guess he like paid the manufacturer that's a great question also, i did not could, look into that could um,
0: you and i buy a fire truck and just drive around in it well, the quick answer we know
1: is that we cannot because we don't have the money. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, legally. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! Is there parking at your place for us to leave your car? <laughs> Trying to parallel park in the city with a fire truck? <laughs> I already struggled in my little
0: my little Elantra. It would be. <laughs> oh my god! But all right, yeah, that's for another time when we. That's our new. TV show that we're gonna write, how we accidentally bought a fire truck that would be and an how awesome, it affects our lives.
1: Awesome premise for a TV show. But two guys who so just bought a fire truck. Um, another good call It does
0: have to coast our show does have to have a guest appearance by Lance Berkman.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's actually ba- we'll be called Lance Berkman. Both our characters will be called Lance. <laughs> <based> on- <laughs> I'm Lance, you're Berkman. <laughs> oh my god, this is actually incredible. We should do a special Patreon only Mint condition episode where we read the script. <laughs> we write
0: and read the Berkman Buds
1: series premiere. Uh, Lance and Berkman by a fire truck. Both of us are eager to dive into like creative projects. We're actually gonna write this, man. <laughs>
0: All it's going to take, we're going to watch our viewers, our listenership, just tank. They're going to be like, never mind. We don't want any part of this. <laughs>
1: they got really into screenwriting. They totally lost <laughs> the premise of the show. So whatever
0: happened to that uh, baseball card podcast you listened to? Yeah, it got weird. It got really <laughs> Lance Berkman specific, but not really about the player. More about his purchases.
1: <laughs> yeah, they just used this name and his fire truck. Cool. So... Okay, so now I feel like the rest of the facts I'm gonna say we're gonna somehow try and weave into this, but uh Yeah, yeah well, who knows? In college he was an all American, he was invited to the White House and he dined with President uh, Bill Clinton along with the rest of Baseball America's honorees. Um yeah, and uh <laughs> just imagined him dropping fire truck to the White House. <laughs> I also thought that I didn't know other
0: people were invited originally, I thought that Bill Clinton was like Hey, man. Lance <laughs> Berkman, want to go home for dinner?
1: Yeah, just a really good college baseball player. Also, that was an incredible Bill Clinton impression. <laughs> it
0: was. I kind of bailed on it halfway through, so I'm <laughs> really nervous.
1: It was good, though. Um, cool. Uh, so he attended Rice University, and in 1997, he had 41 home runs, which ranked third most in NCAA history for a single season. Bang. Um, yep. John Olerud was probably up there. Um, Johnny O. Yeah, he returned to Rice in 2014 to finish his degree after he p- finished playing MLB, which is cool. That's um, super cool. Yeah, and in 2004, he placed second in the home run derby behind Miguel Tejada, my arch nemesis. Um, but, Why do you like Miguel Tejada? Yeah, I don't think I've explained this. So he beat out Jeter in the All Star game, like maybe one or two years. And I, I could never – I just hated Miguel Tejada because of that. I just I, – I was such, like, a devoted Derek Jeter fan. Oh, my God. I loved Miggy. He
0: was awesome for the O's. I'm sure he did. D. Yeah, he
1: was. But...
0: He challenged for the, uh, like, Cal for the most consecutive games played. He ended, like, 1,500 short. But still, for a while, he got – he led the like, who's the active leader? He was way short, but he was the active leader for a number of years, which was cool. Well,
1: that shows how wild that record is, like,
0: yeah, very much so.
1: Um, cool. So, yeah, so, um, he in 2006 became only the second switch hitter in major league history to hit 40 homers in multiple seasons, Mickey Mantle being the first. Um, he this is really cool. So, We've talked a lot about players coaching high school baseball after their career. I think Lance is the best coach we've come across. Okay. Um, So he returned to, um, or I guess he didn't return. I don't know if he went here. But he coached at Second Baptist School in Houston, Texas. Can you guess who uh, his assistant coach was who was a former player? Craig Biggio. That's a great guess. But no, another Astro, but you don't think of him as an Astro. But you do think of him as like a Houston guy.
0: James Harden. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of him as an Astro.
1: Um, Andy Pettit. So maybe, oh,
0: that makes sense. That he, makes more sense. Yeah.
1: Um, so he and Andy Pettit coached together, and they won the state title in 2016. That's so cool. Overwhelming what? if you're a player on that team. Oh, my
0: God. If, or if you're a journalist covering that team. Imagine you're, you know, you're a junior in high school, Your journalism class, like, yeah, you're going to have the baseball beat. And you're like, okay, so my storylines are Lance <laughs> Berkman is a coach, Andy Pettit is an assistant coach, and we might win states. Like, what do you cover? You're
1: like, I'm way
0: in over my head. I thought this
1: could be a high school team.
0: <laughs> I just want to get an A in this class. And now I'm covering two, like, baseball, not Hall of Famers, but very good players.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, yeah, so just wild um, – so that was pretty cool. Um, so his baseball reference page is sponsored by the Montrose Center, um, which I like. I forgot the past couple weeks to check who sponsors the pages, yeah. and yep. I'm glad I checked. So the Montrose Center um, empowers LGBT communities in Houston, um, and it says that on the baseball reference page. It says empowering LGBT uh, in Houston, which That's is awesome. Which is a cool sponsor. Um, <clears throat> There's, there's a backstory to it. I don't want Is to get... It, yeah, so he was a little outspoken against some of those causes in oh, the past. Oh, I was worried about but that. But, yeah, but that that's what's really cool that the organization was like, perfect, so let's claim his page, get the message out to his supporters.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Lance Berkman, very cool that he's a good high school baseball coach or at the very least that his team won. I can't imagine being coached by can and Andy Pettit. That's such a cool thing.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was pretty neat. So, uh, that's nice Berkman. Um, oh, I, okay. I. Yeah, so tell me about, because we already covered Berkman's Hall of Fame case. We did that a little out of order. We think that he deserved more consideration, but it makes sense, I guess, at the end of the day that he's not in. Um, I think he was yeah, underrated in my mind.
0: Yeah, for sure, underrated. Um, and I know I say this, like, he should have been on the ballot more than one year. Like, he should have stayed on it for a number of years. And, There's the argument, like, well, if you're not a Hall of Famer in year one, why does it change in year seven? Which I understand, like, in theory, but people the longer you're on the ballot, the more people look at your stats and kind of dissect it. It's easy to see Lance Berkman, especially if you're a small Hall guy, and be like, no. But the longer someone's on it, the more time people revisit their different years and things like that. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, He's someone that, again, don't think he should necessarily get in, but I wouldn't be, like... Oh, it wouldn't be terrible if he got in. I would be like, what? I'd be like, okay, all right, interesting. Um, And, yeah, then BJ Serhoff, I guess underrated for me, but I I think I was around where he was. I just, any player who was on those, like, Orioles teams that I grew up with, those kind of early 2000s, mid-2000s teams, I just... I love them, but the teams were so terrible. I'm just like, "Mm, there's a good chance that they hit like 220 and that led the team. So I can't actually be logical about how good they were.
1: That's funny. That's like the exact opposite of being a Yankees fan at that time. Oh, yeah. I thought like the bad players, like, uh, and then it turns out they were pretty good. But, um, so yeah, I think uh, he's definitely underrated in my mind too. Not because his stats impressed me really today, but just the fact that he was consistent and played a long time. Yeah. Yeah, you play that
0: many years you're doing something right yeah. um i think so originally when i was looking through his stuff there's really nothing in his numbers that stands out and i was like a little nervous like oh man it's really going to be anything to like to talk about mm-hmm. um his college stuff very is very cool and then just being the first overall pick going through that whole deep dive of the number one picks was super cool
1: yeah that was that was really fun that was a cool tangent uh i feel like a lot of tangents but
0: a lot of tangents today, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> promise that we're not drunk for this episode. It might sound like it when we, you know... Oh, I,
1: I am, actually.
0: <laughs> oh, good for you, man. Really good for you. <laughs> One o'clock on a Thursday. Um, yeah, when we uh, created the new Lance Berkman show, I promised that there were no, like, things messing with our mind. That's just how we think.
1: Now it sounds like, are you drunk, man? You, you Don't worry not? about it, okay? It's been a <laughs> tough morning. Um... <laughs>
0: um so which okay, which player that year would you rather have? Um, all right, so mine's nineteen eighty-seven. So his rookie year. So oh wow. All right, never mind. I changed it. B.J. Serhoff Hall of Fame because I have his rookie card. So we're pushing <laughs> all in. I'm making my money. Oh. Um, eighty-seven. He had. He uh, batted two ninety-nine, one hundred eighteen hits, um, sixty-eight RBIs, OPS plus of one or two. He was fine. It was like a decent rookie year.
1: Yeah, Lance Berkman has this easy, though. An 4 30 homers, 106 RBIs, 316 batting average, 1.016 OPS. So I guess
0: it depends if you want, like, a decent <laughs> rookie or, or I, all-star <laughs> MVP candidate. I mean, it's just, you go either way. You can't go wrong.
1: Yeah, and then, uh, but card I'd rather have, I'm going to go with your card. I think that's a cool rookie card from 1980. Oh, that's cool looking. It
0: is. It does look old, which I like. It's in good condition, but like it looks, you know, it's when they had the weird idea yeah. to have things in yellow. Like, it's it's cool. Now, let me read his. Oh, his career highlights. I haven't read that yet. Um, it's also like one thing I like is that it says no major league record for stats because it's you know his rookie card. Yeah. Um. All right. So has been tabbed the Brewers catcher of the future from the day they made him the first player in the nation selected in the '85 draft. Batted 308 with 71 runs, five home runs, 59 RBIs, and 21 stolen bases. At Vancouver last year to earn Pacific Coast League All-Star honors at catcher. They signed him out in North Carolina We're here in All-American honors. Set a school record with 392 career average. Jeez, his career average, 392 in college. That's great. That's also set UNC one season record for runs, hits, steals, and average. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's, that's basically it. But, that, yeah, yeah, it's a cool card. And the rookie card is always cool.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna choose your card, especially because this isn't even like a real card; it's just a uh, MLB showdown Fair. thing. But um, and also, I just like—I think I like uh, kind of like BJ Soho for some reason. So yeah,
0: yeah. Um, now I'm just gonna imagine. I, yeah, they don't overlap. Um,
1: yeah, guess not. Um, any connections, man? I guess they were both good college baseball players.
0: Both good college baseball players. I think that's probably we're going to get
1: yeah.
0: um, it's also interesting because like Lance Barkman definitely the better player just BJ Serhoff has more hits like it always yeah. fascinates me what inferior players have more of or are better at than mm-hmm. these better players so that's interesting um, yeah now if i were to ask and i mean it's it's a pretty easy answer but like which player would you rather be Lance Barkman obviously played better but it is interesting B.J. Sarhoff playing for so long, and that goes back to the Raul Banya's, like, just being around so many cool things, different for B.J. Sarhoff to not win a title, like, again, it's Lance Berkman, I just always think that's interesting as mm-hmm. longer career, and you're definitely, I mean, I imagine Berkman's got to be in, like, the Astros Hall of Fame, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he has to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's not as prestigious as the Orioles Hall of Fame, that's fine, not <laughs> everyone can be this, uh, as prestigious as our franchise.
1: Actually, it's probably not. Um Astros. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's actually almost certainly not. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Take that. And you guys, I actually don't even think that the Astros inducted uh, Tony Gwynn into their Hall of Fame for some reason, (laughs) I think.
1: Uh, The Brewers, I thought Tony Gwynn (laughs) Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Did Tony Gwynn Jr. play baseball? Is there a Tony Gwynn Jr.? Was he on the Brewers?
0: Maybe. That would make way more sense.
1: Okay, he was. He was on the Brewers, Padres, Dodgers, and Phillies. Alright, cool. I think I have a Tony Gwynn Jr. card, and I think I thought he was just Tony Gwynn.
0: Yeah, uh, That's way less cool, but still good. That's a good thing to know for how you got your thought process. Yeah, I'm
1: glad I'm not... Well, I'm still... That was still really bad, but <laughs> glad there's something there.
0: Yeah. Um, Alright. Do you have uh, Do you have anything else?
1: No. Uh, just, you know, feel free everyone to send uh, any recommendations, inquiries, thoughts, whatever to... The mint Con- uh, The mint can I mess up on that every time. The mint condition podcast at gmail.com We're also accepting uh, scripts uh, for the Lance Berkman <laughs> show. So uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, anything you want to send, we're here. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. It, it is really cool to see just listenership keep increasing. That's such a, a cool thing. If you guys, you know, tell your friends about it, you can tell them how, I don't know, you have a baseball card podcast you listen to, and you can do a lot better. That's fine too. Yeah. I don't care. Just, just. The more people that are listening to it, the the better. It makes yeah. me feel at the end of the day. That's all that yeah. matters. They don't know anything
1: about defensive stats, but, you know, they're pretty <laughs> fun. And... <laughs> yeah.
0: They may or may not be drunk during the podcast. We're not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but genuinely, thank you to everyone who listens, and we will be back next week. Thank you so much. All right. See you. Baseball Card Podcast is independently produced and recorded by Robbie Greenspan and Chris Branker. Special thanks to baseball historian and consultant Jack Williams.